it, it was really because I started to understand and wake up and acknowledge that I had got myself into that predicament and that I could get myself out of it. And so right from the get-go, um, I did feel this sense of empowerment and I felt a sense of control. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of The Spirit Unleashed. I'm your host, Robin Leachy. If you're someone who likes to get to the root cause of an issue, you'll love this conversation with Beth. And if you're someone who tends to get used to the uncomfortable symptoms, Beth is about to inspire you to take your health and wellness into your own hands. Not only did Beth lose 60 pounds, which wasn't even her goal, she also questioned the habits and beliefs around food and health that made her unwell in the first place. She shifted her mindset so she could step into her own inner power. This is a great conversation on empowering ourselves to make the lifestyle change needed to not only thrive and feel our best, but also to fully show up and to do our best. Up until a few years ago, I was like more impressed by what someone had actually achieved in life and their what goal they had accomplished. But now the last few years, I actually admire what people overcame to reach that goal. And I feel like for yourself, while I deeply admire your weight loss journey, the 60 pounds, I want to know like, how did you get there? What did you overcome? Like, I want to know all of those things. So I do want to start off by congratulating you on like taking your health into your own hands, which is something very important these days, but also the journey of getting to there and sticking with it and seeing it through and now helping other people. Yeah, hmm. it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, like I, I, part of me feels like, holy cow, I've come such a long way and it's this 180 degree turn and you know, not only have I empowered my health and my life, but now I'm coaching others. So it is, it's still surreal for me. Mm -hmm. And another part of me feels like, how the heck did I let myself go so bad for so many years? Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, back to the start of my health journey and, you know, how that came about. You know, I always say that I started my health journey March of 2019 and but meanwhile, it was years of ignoring the warning signs my body was throwing out there. So while that's when I woke up and became conscious of the state of my health or lack thereof, that there were so many signs and symptoms that I hadn't been listening to and completely ignoring for years. And I think what, what ended up happening was that these symptoms, and, and I'll get into them a little bit, but they just started bubbling up more and more, and I was becoming concerned. So it wasn't the weight loss, like that wasn't what triggered me. It was really the physical symptoms that were concerning me and the more frequent headaches, you know, the high blood pressure, which was concerning, like even going to my dentist, they were taking blood pressure for some reason. And I was concerned that, okay, well, is it because I'm at the dentist's office, you know, and it's not like a great experience that I'm having high blood pressure, but no, like even at my traditional doctor, when they would start, you know, when I started getting tested for blood pressure and it was elevated and that just continued. And uh, so, you know, the, the high blood pressure, um, the 
frequent migraines and headaches that were ramping up. And, you know, I was swollen. So I had a lot of water retention. Um, I had stiff and swollen joints. I had skin and eye irritation, uh, exhaustion, overwhelm, you know, anxiety. And I just thought there's something not right here. And I think I thought that the whole thing was like one big, like, ailment or disease that I was facing, you know, and that's what I was concerned about. Um, And then when I really started digging in and and finally listening to my body and then wanting to get to the root cause, because I think I'm someone that's always wanted to get to the root cause Mm -hmm. of things. And, and, you know, I never really was a big fan of traditional medicine in the sense of taking, you know, a pill to fix something. So even when my doctor would give me uh, medication for my migraine headaches, I was never, I was never really a fan of that. And I never took them, I just let them disintegrate in my purse. Uh, But when I finally started listening to my body, because I was concerned is when I started digging in and asking the questions, and I did it myself, you know, I was googling, I was researching, and everything was pointing to insulin resistance. And that was a new term for me, I had never heard of that. Um, I didn't know that all of those symptoms I was responsible for in terms of my food choices, and my poor eating habits. Uh, So it was really this self discovery that led me to change and led me on my health journey. So for me, you know, when I think back, and I and I, you know, I often get asked, how, how do you think you were successful? Or, or, you know, what made you kind of leap into it to make that decision? Because it really was overnight, like after I had done some digging and research, and I felt equipped enough to make some hard choices and some, you know, big, establish some healthy eating habits. Um, It it was really because I started to understand and wake up and acknowledge that I had got myself into that predicament, and that I could get myself out of it. And so right from the get go, um, I did feel this sense of empowerment, and I felt a sense of control. And I think it's because I had done the due diligence and researched it for myself and realized, oh, wow, you know, all of these symptoms are relating to my my diet, my nutrition. And of course, for, for many years before that, you know, I, I think I was an emotional eater, I would stuff down feelings of guilt and shame and regret, you know, from life's past events, I've had some trauma and some you know, heartache in my life, for sure. Um, And so you get swept away with emotional eating. But also, I just feel like we have been so bamboozled with, um, (laughs) you know, the conditioning and the programming of what a healthy diet looks like, you know, right from the standard Canadian diet, the standard Western diet, the standard American diet known as the sad diet. And then with, you know, the government food guide, You know, and and then all the mass media, all the propaganda, I think we've all been psychologically manipulated to think that eating a certain way is healthy and normal. And it's not. So it's undoing all that programming first um, that I think I had to accept it, acknowledge it, and then make a plan to change it. That must have been very empowering to take that into your own hands because I think it could scare people when they realize, oh, crap, I've done this to myself. And they might just think that's it. There's no turning back. But to do the research and to realize, well, no, I created it so I can reverse it. 
Yeah, I, I think it's empowering. And I think that's what I want to share the most, because I feel like if I can do it, anyone can do it. Because as I said, I, I feel like I was an emotional eater. Um, I was a carb addict through and through, you know, I loved, you know, bread and crackers, all of that. And it's our comfort food. It's easy. It's convenient. We're in this nine to five rat race. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's what's normal, right? We, we go into, you know, a fast food joint. I mean, they're everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's all about convenience. And we're in this age of consumerism. And, you know, I, I just think of like school cafeterias, even what they serve in the hospital cafeterias, let alone what they're serving to hospital patients. Mm-hmm. We are inundated with propaganda, unfortunately, you know, and, and and all this repetitive content and messaging, unfortunately, plays a role. And it gets it gets, you know, ingrained in us, it gets ingrained in our subconscious mind. Even um, about two years ago, I called up my doctor and was like, man, I'm having like, this acid reflux, I think, and I can feel it coming up. And I was telling her all the symptoms. And she's, she confirmed, Oh, yeah, that does sound like acid reflux. But her only advice to me was to take Tums. And I didn't, I never bought any. And I just went straight to the internet and found out all these things. And once I was reading them too, I realized, holy crap, I am doing this to myself. I do like the heavy meals. And, and I think I have my own certain eating patterns where I grew up thinking you weren't full until you felt like you had to undo your pants. You were like bloated. Like to me, that was when you eat until. So it's just, we all grew up with these certain yes conditions and we just think it's normal until one day we get some symptoms and we're like oh that's not so normal yeah well good for you for for digging in and, and researching mm-hmm. that too so what did you end up doing for the uh, I cut my portions down a lot and I cut out most carbs I still love like a pasta once a week um sure. I'll just have some sourdough bread once in a while but my problem with that is when we buy it, I'll just eat it until it's gone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I like to slice it and throw it in the freezer because it's not as good when it's not fresh. So right. just having some more self-control and, and sitting with myself and being, am I going to feel good after I eat this? Probably not. And something too that at first I felt bad for, like I thought, am I being judgmental? But now when I go somewhere, say the movie theaters with my kids or a restaurant, Now I just know I'm just making an observation so I can make a decision for myself. But I'm like, how are these people? Do they look healthy? Like, what are they eating? What's their lifestyle and choices? And I'm like, is that going to feel good for me? And if it's a no, I just won't, I won't get it that day. But it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily judging. It's just seeing something, making an observation and then making a decision for yourself. Yeah. Instead of being reflexive all the time, right? And and reactionary. Uh, yeah, taking that moment and thinking about it and being conscious. It is about making conscious decisions. Yeah, for sure. So what kind of deprogramming did you kind of go through, like with the emotional eating and different patterns that you had observed in yourself at the beginning? Yeah, so I, for me, it had to make sense. So, you know, the deprogramming, I had to unlearn what I thought was healthy. And, you know, I I know, probably back in the deep recesses of my subconscious, I knew that there was going to have to be some kind of lifestyle overhaul, and I wasn't prepared to do it up until March of 2019. Um, And so yeah, when I became conscious, and I really made that decision, 
it was like, okay, Beth, you, you need to own it, you know, own the fact that you got there, but now you can own the fact that you can control it and change the trajectory of your life and change the health outcomes and change how you feel. So what, what was really cool is that knowing that I was going to go through some hard times in terms of sugar withdrawals, you know, in terms of feelings of discomfort that no one wants to go through, right? We're, we're these adults, you know, living these adult lives, but we often act like children, like, oh, no, that's icky. And that's no, that's too uncomfortable for me. It's not familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really acknowledging that, okay, in order to get over this hump of sugar, like a sugar addiction and a carb addiction, which is what I realized I had, I knew that I was going to have to go through some tough times and with the withdrawal symptoms. So I just, I leaned into that, you know, knowing that it was going to be short-term pain for long-term gain and knowing that I was going to feel so much better relatively quickly. And I did. So it, it was really getting, it was really at first accepting what I needed to do and the healthy habits I needed to change. And you know what? I knew from the get-go that I was going to be successful. This was not a test run. Like I got everything prepared. So I ditched all the, the food. So my family came along with the ride with me because I'm the, you know, I'm the cook. And so we ditched a lot of, you know, the refined, the flowers. Yeah. And I, and I'm a baker and I used to bake quite a bit too. So that I think I gave into family members and friends and stuff to get it out of the house and then just really inundated my pantry and my fridge with the healthy food that I knew I was going to eat. The other part of it was meal planning and prepping. So, you know, part of the deprogramming uh, was the fact that I knew that I was going to have to mentally prepare myself. So it wasn't just this one day, right, that I was going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It was like, no, no, I'm going to meal plan and prep for as long as possible, right? So set, usually it was on a Sunday that, um, you know, I would organize for the week, I was working out of the home, and uh, we had busy lives with hockey and other extracurricular activities. So, um, you know, in my mind, having my mindset made up that I was going to be successful also entailed the meal prep, the meal planning, the grocery shopping, knowing what I was going to be eating that week. And, and so Sundays was my big day of meal planning and prepping, but it wasn't always this massive ordeal of planning out or, or prepping all my meals, but it was writing down on a sheet of paper what I was going to be eating each day, because I found even having that, you know, written down and committing to it that I wasn't as prone to Uh, you know, get on the phone and order Uber Eats and succumb to the convenience food. So that really helped my mindset too. And uh, the other thing is really inundating myself. So when we talk about relearning and reprogramming my mind, uh, I really, I had to make a deliberate choice. Deliberate choice is to expose myself to healthy content, getting, you know, gathering healthy recipes, you know, searching for, Um, healthy cookbooks that I could rely on, you know, so I'd always have this material around me and inundate myself with it, subscribing to YouTube channels, subscribing to healthy health, health experts and health gurus and their podcasts. Mm -hmm. Like that was huge for me. I was really like this sponge because I felt like I have to relearn everything. Exciting as well. Yeah, it was. Honestly, it was exciting. It was exciting and empowering because I knew what I needed to do. And, you know, at first I did follow um, Dr. Berg, which is he's all about healthy ketosis and intermittent fasting. So while I'm not in strict ketosis now, and I probably haven't been for two years or so, um, it it was a re-education for me. 
And it was helpful because it was this model that I could follow. And, you know, so, so having, having clear direction uh, was really helpful at first, you know, now, you know, when I coach people, it's not necessarily about any one particular diet. It's about, um, you know, definitely eliminating the refined carbs and grains, the sugars and the seed oils. And I call it the trifecta of ultra processed foods. I mean, I think that that's first and foremost, and none of it adds any kind of nutritional value. So it's not, it's not required. And then what you concentrate on is, is, you know, the higher fats, better, healthier fats and, and the proteins. And then definitely hydration is key. So uh, with electrolytes, with a good, good filtered water and a good quality sea salt, because all of those things will contribute to you being successful because you won't succumb to the overeating. You won't have the cravings. Your body is now efficiently digesting and processing this food for energy. And you're not having the, the sugar highs and lows. You know, like when I think back to how dependent I was on food, and having, you know, little snacks in my purse all the time, because God forbid, I, I get like a little hungry, or I mean, sometimes I would get lightheaded and, and dizzy. And I'm thinking that was all my sugar levels, you know, and being dehydrated and not having the electrolytes. I kind of am like that with my children. And I think it's because I know they get hangry, but I always just feel like I have to have a snack. And for a long time, I don't do it anymore, because I realized what what habit am I starting here? Because I'm not even sure if they're hungry. But I lived one block away from their school. And when I would pick them up, I would give them a snack in the car. So they just wow. associated cars with snacks. We always call right. it a car snack. And now I'm like, you know what? you're not going to starve. You can make the, now it's like 10 minutes to their school. But I'm like, just wait. It's fine. Yeah, right. Create those habits. And so early too, when they're young. Yes, I know. I, I think of that too, and always having snacks on hand. And I think, you know, unfortunately, we, when, especially when they're smaller and they're toddlers and we're trying to just get the grocery shopping done with them, you know, and we're just constantly kind of feeding them snacks to shut them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let me finish this. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you, because I know everyone talks about staying or being motivated, but I think it's a lot more than that. Like, I think you need determination. So, mm -hmm. what were you determined? and doing that kept you on this lifestyle change on the days that you didn't necessarily feel motivated to do all the meal prep or planning. Okay. So one of my secrets that I've had, it's not really a secret because I've been quite, quite vocal about it, but um, for the past four and a half years, I've always started my morning with no matter how I felt, no matter, I would always start my morning with a cup of water. And before, you know, I realized our tap water was, contaminated with with chemicals and fluoride and chlorine I would just have regular tap water now I'm having filtered water but I still have so my filtered water um you know the half teaspoon three-quarter teaspoon of um or good quality salt sea salt um a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and a half of an organic freshly squeezed lemon so uh, honestly this this is a great habit that I incorporated early on and I've just always stuck with it so you know even on the days when I was like oh do I and I mean it's not really enjoyable it's not that I enjoy it but now it's on autopilot and I just do it it's part of a healthy habit it's like brushing my teeth after I brush my teeth that's the first thing I consume is this drink um but you know what really helped me to stay on track and keep motivated honestly was the fact that I felt so much better because for years 
I think a lot of people, we don't realize how um, normal, we, we've normalized being sick and feeling like shit and feeling bloated. And, you know, there's, there's Tums for that, for your mm-hmm. acid reflux. There's Advil for the headaches, you know, and I just think we have, we've really normalized not feeling great. And what I just found totally profound was the fact that I was able to change how I felt. Probably the biggest challenge though, that I faced was the social, social gatherings and group pressure. So while I might be doing fine on my own in my home, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the cook of the house. So it was easy that way. And I was also, you know, doing the grocery shopping. So I was the influence on my family, but when we would go out to social events and parties and whatnot, you know, family parties, um, that was hard. And it wasn't that I even wanted the food or that I was tempted with the cravings because I feel like, you know, once you get a handle on your health and you're starting to eat whole nutrient dense foods, you don't have those cravings. And that's, that's another part of the motivation, right? That's what keeps me motivated because you don't have these cravings that you used to have. And you just feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually in control here. And I, and I've empowered myself, but those, the social pressure can be pretty intense. Um, and so that's what I, I would struggle with that, you know, and, and, and sometimes, I mean, you don't want to look, it's, it's, it's really, really fascinating how the mind works and how our subconscious works and how we want to keep ourselves safe you know, with the tribe, with the larger group, with the herd. And so, you know, after I, I went through my health journey, I did take Jason Kristoff's self-sabotage coaching um, program. And I really learned like unbelievably how we are influenced by group pressure. So it's not even that I was craving those things to eat or or the alcohol to drink. It was that I was in this social setting where it's honestly hard to say no. Like you think about the peer pressure that you face when you're in high school for different things and it just carries on. Right. So I think having that, um, having that, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism, but just being aware that you're going to face those, those influences and that pressure you know, all throughout your life for all, you know, for all kinds of reasons. But that was one of the things that I found really tough, especially in the beginning. It was hard to say no or be in a social setting when I felt like the diet that I was eating was so different. Meanwhile, I think it's just healthy. It's just we haven't normalized it. It's not, it's not part of our, you know, societal culture to to eat like that. I saw somebody post year, like a couple of years ago saying, well, look at the grocery store and there's a health section. So what does that say about the rest of the grocery store? And that's yes. that was eye-opening for me because I had been shopping in there, but then I thought, well, shouldn't the whole store be like that? Yes. You know, I know you had some social setting challenges. Now, did any of your family or friends kind of question or give you any backlash on your choices or were they pretty supportive? I think they thought it was a little extreme at first, you know, because they're conditioned and programmed. And and to be honest with my boys, so I have a, a, a he'll be soon 22 and a 14 year old. So back then, I mean, obviously, they were a couple years younger. Um, so it was hard because it felt like I was taking things away from them, you know, that I was that I was sacrificing their food and their diet that they had been 
um, you know, programmed to eat their entire lives. So when, you know, the crackers and the bread start stopped coming in the house, it was like, I was punishing them. Like, I think that that's how they felt. Right. Um, and now they know and can appreciate the fact, you know, this massive health journey I've gone on and they can see the results, you know, and I think they, I think they're pretty proud that I was able to do it and, and continue to do it and continue to inspire, inspire others. Um, and even my dad, yeah, like, you know, he's, he's very much, you know, programmed with the standard Western diet. Uh, even though my mom, you know, she would often have, she, she would often create, you know, some, some great healthy dishes, you know, he's more prone to, to, to go wayward, let's say. And yeah, he, you know, I'd bring stuff up to the cottage or when we'd have, you know, family meals and, you know, uh, like maybe it was like organic milk I would buy or something or, you know, and he'd be like, what is that? <laughs> it's like more natural dad than what you're drinking. Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't know. I know that there's a ton of respect there, but he's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. This is too different for me. You know, sometimes we don't need that approval or need to change them, but it's good to plant the seed, right? Or just yeah. some curiosity for somebody. It's so important. See, that's what I think it's all about modeling the behavior. Mm -hmm. Like I can be talking, you know, and saying things and people would be like, oh, whatever. But I think it's when they see the results and they see, um, you know, me modeling the behavior and, and the success is when things maybe, maybe light bulbs start to go off. So yes. we know like your physical, how you have um, shifted and transformed that way, but have you noticed the lifestyle change affecting you emotionally as well? Yeah, I feel like, okay, what, what can I tackle next? I, I feel like I've gone from this state of overwhelm and thinking, you know, kind of being apathetic about life or just, you know, going through the motions, going through Groundhog Day every day with the nine to five rat race. And now, you know, thinking, okay, what el what else is, what else can I accomplish? And so, you know, my health journey started in March of 2019. And then it was in 2022. So, you know, almost, holy cow, it'll almost be two years in February when I ditched coffee. Because um, that was the next thing that I, that I tackled. And then I thought, okay, what else can I do? And I, I stopped picking my nails. <laughs> like I had this lifelong habit of picking my nails and it would drive everybody around me crazy, especially my husband. And I just thought, yeah, I don't need to do that anymore. I'm just going to stop. And so I just stopped. You know, I just think that I set my mind to it and I'm able to accomplish it. The next thing was giving up alcohol. So in May of 2023, I thought like I wasn't drinking a lot. And I think because I no longer had the sugar cravings, I no longer had the craving to drink alcohol. And so soon after I started my health journey, like I was really turned off by red wine. And I used to love a full bodied Cab Sauvignon or yes, Cab Sauvignon. And I was totally turned off by that. And then anytime I was in a social setting and I was drinking, it was more, you know, the, the soda and the vodka or the soda and the gin. And then I'm like, I, I'm not even really into it. Like I don't feel great after I drink. And so May, I actually, I stated on another podcast um, after I had sabotaged myself at my cousin's wedding, it was an open bar. I hadn't drank in a long time. <laughs> it was the first time that our family had all, we have a big, huge family. And first time we had all been together, you know, since COVID. And uh, the next day I just thought, well, that was, that was too much. And uh, I thought, no, I'm not going to drink. I don't need to drink. And I find that saying that and stating it is helping me 
because I've, I've stated it publicly, I don't need to justify why I'm not drinking and I can just hold fast to that commitment. Um, and then in June, I started lifting heavier weights because I thought, so even with the 60 pound weight loss, I actually wasn't, I actually wasn't doing any kind of exercise other than running for the, for the bus. I joke around because I would work downtown Ottawa and that was my only exercise I was getting. Uh, and then, you know, this past year, I've really devoted more regular time and a routine to exercise with a gym membership and going a couple times a week and then weight training and then starting to lift heavy in June. Um, so I just feel like, yeah, how else can I fine tune this body that I feel like, you know, I took advantage of for so many years. And, you know, kind of with each thing that I check off the list, I feel more empowered, I feel like, you know, what can I tackle next? So it, it is this, it's a, it's an amazing feeling of control that I feel like I have. Well, I love that you just shared that you actually didn't start with any workout routines because I find so many people, not just with um, food and their body, but they want to add all of these new things in without removing anything. So you went right to what can you remove first? And now you're integrating some other things. Yeah, I yeah. have no idea. That's great. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, it's it's about progress over perfection. So I think doing all of it all at once can be totally overwhelming and totally unrealistic. So it's about, you know, starting these um, healthy habits that become habitual, you know, getting them intact and then being like, okay, what's next? What's next? And the, and it gets easier and easier, I find, because quitting coffee, um, I, and I read on your, you, you never drank coffee, right? Oh, and you know what? When people say, how do you have two kids and you do this and this and this and never have a coffee? And I always just tell them, oh, I just siphon the energy out of my kids. <laughs> Well, that's a lot healthier than the coffee. Yeah, I just have endless amounts. But no, I just think sleep and exercise doing what you love makes a big difference. And drink yeah. a ton of water. Yes, hydrating yourself. Yes. Well, I mean, again, we've been conditioned to think that in order to be a fully functioning adult, we need to start our day with coffee. Like, why is that? And when you look at all the movies, the TV sets, Alcohol and coffee are the two biggest imprints mm -hmm. and subliminal messaging, actually, in, in the background of all these sets. And you wonder why that is. <laughs> you know, you start to question. And I bet most of those mugs are empty, but it's yeah. just the act of drinking out of the mug that just triggers it in your mind. Like, oh, yeah, I need to do that as well. Yes, exactly. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. It's what people do. It's what people do to survive and be fully functioning. If someone wants to make this shift, and like you said, it doesn't have to be this drastic, overwhelming everything all at once, because then you are more likely to not necessarily fail, but feel overwhelmed and then just kind of quit. So what are like one to two maybe habits or things that people can do today just to start? So, I mean, one or two things. I mean, when I say ditching the trifecta of ultra processed foods, I know that that that. It, it, it's a big deal, right? Because you're eliminating the sugars, the refined carbs, grains, and the seed oils. But I will say that removing those from your diet, you'll be able to get over that hump really quickly when you have, after you've detoxed and, and gone through the withdrawal symptoms, which doesn't, I mean, it's a couple of days, you lean into it. Yes, you're going to be uncomfortable. So, so know that, and then get over it quickly, you know, instead of like, I just found that that was, 
that was paramount for me that I was able to do that and relatively quickly move into, um, you know, feeling satiated and feeling better, like relatively quickly. So, you know, removing those things and then hydration. And so when I say removing those things, and then obviously it's adding the whole foods, you know, the, the better quality, healthier fats and proteins. So, you know, the healthy fats, having the avocado oil, um, olive oil, ghee, butter, um, coconut oil, and, and, and making sure you have those as, as staples in your diet. Uh, and then having being hydrated, because I think a lot of us equate, you know, hunger pangs with food and, 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 you know, being hungry, but it's actually likely that you're dehydrated and not drinking enough and not drinking enough electrolytes right with the sodium so the salt the magnesium the potassium the calcium uh, those are really really you know those are essential to have to to hydrate your system i never thought to add the salt to the water do you just add a little pinch so i actually add so in my um so i i use electrolytes in my filtered water after i have that lemon uh, apple cider vinegar salt concoction so that's the, the first thing i have in the morning is yeah it's about a half a teaspoon to three quarters of a teaspoon of salt and it's got the trace minerals in it so it's not just the sodium it's got a ton of trace minerals in them and so yeah I add it directly to my water and I chug it like I and I, because I have the the lemon juice and the apple cider vinegar I drink it out of a bamboo straw uh, you know because the acidity can be bad for our teeth and our enamel um, and I just I just chug it I know that other people actually take shots of apple cider vinegar. Um, I'll put a tiny bit of water and some cinnamon. Oh, yeah. Do a shot of it. So I was doing it before meals for a while. Yes. I kind of just forgot about it. So I'm glad that you told me about your morning drink. Yeah. And, and I know other people that take it actually after they take it after a big meal. And it, 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 it helps with digestion. Uh, so I think it, it doesn't necessarily matter when you take it, but I think it's super helpful for balancing the pH and, and, and your digestion and also for absorbing minerals and nutrients in your gut. And so that's why I was asking you too about the ACV and actually if you were taking it for um, your acid reflux, because I hear that that also helps. I had actually saw that on one of the YouTube videos because I went to YouTube as well. And there was a gentleman on there who had been on acid reflux medication for years and then he had heard of this drink, he would make it by the jug, and he would have it twice a day. And I think after 30 days, he was no longer on his medication and was feeling fine. So that might have uh, helped with mine too, because I don't have any anymore. And Great. I didn't do it for a full month, but maybe I wasn't as, as far along and had changed some eating as well. Well, I like to leave these episodes off with a question for the listeners, um, just something to deepen our empowerment and our reflection. Is there a question you can leave us with about our own lifestyle choices to reflect on? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So my question would be, um, if not now, when, you know, what, what will it take for you to support your body's, you know, natural healing abilities? You don't have to wait until you hit, you know, rock bottom. So there's likely signs and symptoms that you're, your body is throwing out there that maybe you've been ignoring or putting off, you know, until you have more time, until you have less distractions in life. But the quicker you change your mindset and prioritize your health, the quicker you can empower yourself with sustained health. 
you know, I truly believe that once you're in control of your health, that all other areas of your life will also level up because health is foundational, um, you know, to, to, to our success in life. And you know what, the time is going to pass anyway. So you might as well just start. Yes. And you'll be you'll be so thankful that you did. Your body will thank you. Because the body is really always trying to, to repair and heal itself. So it's up to us to support the body. Thank you for being here and sharing your story and everything you've overcame and how you're continuing on and now helping others in the same the same way. Thanks, Robin, for for having me. And I loved our chat. Hey there, thanks for listening. A quick reminder that if you enjoy the podcast and find it motivating or inspirational, I'd love if you could take a moment to leave a positive review. It is helpful and much appreciated. Also, please note this podcast is intended to inspire and support you and bring a little more awareness and magic to your life. I'm not a therapist or psychologist and can only speak from my personal experiences. If you are experiencing anxiety, depression, or another mental health issue, please reach out to a professional in your area. Thank you and all the best. Come back each Monday and Thursday for new episodes. See you then.